Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growth track or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord just a big hand this morning. Well, thank you for being here. You may be seated. It is so good, so good to have you with us today. And um, I just have a uh, very quick question to ask you um, How many of you have the faith to believe that the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl this year? You need to turn to your neighbor and tell them that's going to take some big faith. I'm just telling you. Because faith is the the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Like, I haven't seen it in a while, um, so it's going to take some faith, okay, for God to do some miraculous things. But Zeke Elliott better show up, okay, because he's been paid. That's all I'm saying, okay? So he better do some things this year. Um, If this is your first time to Creekwood Church, it's an honor to have you with us. Let's give it up for all of our first-time guests. Come on. If this is your first time here, there's a red connection card in the seat back in front of you, and uh, we have a gift we want to give you for being our guest today. So take that connection card out to our team at the Information Center We'd love to be able to meet you and answer any questions that you have about Creekwood. So so thank you for being here. Um, We're going to be talking about faith today because we're in a series called Prepare. And um, as a church, we're we're taking our church to a whole other level of faith because where we're going as a church, um, it's going to require more faith than we've ever had before. I'm telling you, in the 14, 15 years of the history of this church, Um, where we're going is going to require more faith. And um, I want to challenge you, if there is a weekend you ever plan on being off from being at church, do not miss next weekend at Creekwood Church, because we're starting a brand new series called Beyond, where we're going to be talking about the future of this church. How many of you are excited about our 108 acres that we bought, our future West Campus? We're going to be talking about that as a church. You need to be here. I want you to hear from Pastor Stephen and his heart and his vision for where God is, is taking us as a church. And um, but I want to start by reading Matthew 9, 28 through 30. This is a powerful scripture that talks about faith. It says, when he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. I'm telling you, if we're ever going to have a miracle, God's always going to have to be part of it. God's going to have to touch their eyes for them to receive sight. But it was Jesus who said, but it is in accordance, according to your faith. I love that word according. According means in proportion to. It means in relation to your faith. And so what I, love about, what I love about God is he chooses for whatever reason to, to use us. It's a 50-50 thing. He's the only one that can do the miracle, but he requires something from us. So I'm asking you today, where's your level of faith? 
because we gotta bring our faith to a whole nother level. And I wanna read from a particular story in the Bible. It's one of my favorites. It's only seven verses. It's out of 2 Kings chapter four, verses one through seven. And um, this story has probably taught me more on preparation, talking about prepare, and raising our level of faith. And so I wanna read this story with you and then we're gonna talk about it. it. Said the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Look to your neighbor and say, that's a bad day, okay? When, you're, when your creditor's coming to take your boys to be their slaves, okay, that's a bad day. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars and don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jar to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. It's a powerful story. It's a powerful miracle about preparation and raising our level of faith. And I don't wanna put God in a formula, but I feel like, over these last few years of my life, I have learned some things about faith, that there are layers to faith. If you ever wanna to get to a, a layer of faith that's so high that you can believe and begin to expect some things in your life, you have to learn how to get to the base layers first. You have to learn how to step, step, step. And I think there's three layers of faith. And the first layer is you have to have a heart of preparation. You have to have a heart of preparation. So verse two says, Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Now notice he didn't say, what would you like to have in your house? I mean, how many of you, like you want something better than you currently have, okay? My wife just told me the other day, she wants nicer furniture in one of our bedrooms, and I, or one of our rooms, okay? So I know we're always wanting more, but he said, what do you have in your house? And her response is very typical. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Now, have you ever, how many of you have like looked in your closet? And uh, by the way, how many of you are type A and when you look in your closet, you have to ca color categorize everything? Y'all are weird, that's what I'm just gonna say. Uh, like I'm type A, but I throw, like I, I like my stuff organized, I just don't like to do it. Am I the only one? Okay, like I hate doing that. And, and so when we look in our, in, our, in our closets, there's times I look in a closet and it's full of clothes and I'll say something stupid like, man, I got nothing to wear. Anyone else? Like this is what we do. <laughs> I literally saw someone point to his wife, like literally, like, that's what she, what she does. <laughs> And, but this is what we do. And I feel like this is metaphorically kind of like what, where we are. I got nothing. I got nothing. But here's the cool news about the Bible. The Bible says your gift and your call is irrevocable. What that means is, and I know the small jar of oil, it's a metaphor for your gift. It's a metaphor for what God has given you. And we always feel like we have such a, a little amount. But God says, 
Your gifts and your call are irrevocable, meaning the enemy can't take your gift. The enemy can't take your call in your life. But here's what he tries to do. He tries to make it feel so small that you'll never use it. That's what he always tries to do. And we make the mistake of comparing our oil with other people's oil. And so we start looking around going, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had their talent. I mean, y'all know, I wish I could sing. I still sing, right? It's beautiful to God, but that's the only one it's beautiful to. You know what I mean? But I can't. So we're always wishing we had other people's oil. The problem is we never prepare our own. And it's powerful when you learn how to prepare your own oil. God's not worried about what you don't have. He wants to use what you do have because he will not hold you accountable for what other people have, but he will hold you accountable for what he's given you. You're one small jar of oil. Go to verse three. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars, but don't ask for just a few. I wanna teach you about preparation today because this has probably taught me more about preparing myself spiritually and physically than any other uh, passage in the Bible. What this is saying is, if you, the, before God ever pours out in your life, before there's ever a miracle in your life, he will require that you gather some jars. There's gonna have to be a gathering of jars. There's gonna have to be some preparation. Why would God bl- continue to bless you and pour out blessings upon your life if you haven't done the work of gathering the jars to actually contain the blessing. And so there's, some, there's, some, there's two kinds of preparation. There's a physical preparation that we all know about, and there's, there's a spiritual preparation. And I love that he said, don't gather just a few. One of the things that's so powerful to me is, is this illustration that, you know, water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit meaning that it changes from a liquid to a vapor at 212. Most of us want it to change at 150. Like, I need, I need the state of my matter to change. I, I just want it to change right here. But we're not willing, most of us aren't willing to prepare and be consistent enough to see it through to completion. And so we're wanting it to change at 150 in our life or at 200 or at 211, but it will not change until it hits 212. And it just makes me think, I wonder how many people have been walking in their life and they get all the way to 211 in their life only to say, I'm done, that's it, I quit. And they never see the state of their matter change. And so there's a level of preparation and consistency that God requires from us before he's ever gonna pour out a miracle on your life. Because what I've found is that the miracle will often happen in a moment, but preparation never does in your life. And so there's a physical preparation. Provision always awaits preparation, but there's a spiritual. And this is what I love. Verse four, he said, then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. It's a detail I think that's so important to going to another level in our faith is that you sometimes in your life, you gotta go in, inside. You gotta shut the door behind you. And I think that's a metaphor for the greatest miracle that will ever happen in your life is the miracle that it's not public, but it's the miracle that God does inside of you. It's at the soul level. And so everyone wants a, a public ministry or a public something public, right? They want their public fame or whatever, but that only happens with private obedience. 
And so there's, a, there's, there's something that has to happen preparation-wise at the spiritual level. And I'm going to tell you something that I think if you'll lean into, if you'll really listen to today, it'll change your life. Because this has affected me more than probably I even know. But you are not a body with a soul. You are a soul with a body. Y'all need me to say that again? You are not a body with a soul. You are actually a soul with a body. Meaning this thing, this flesh will go away one day. The Bible says that life is but a, but a vapor. It appears for a moment and then it's gone. And so I, I can't put too much trust in this. Man, I know people that have cancer right now. I know someone who's having cancer removed on their body on, on Wednesday. Like this thing, people have heart attacks, people have cholesterol, people have varicose veins. I got gray hair. It's happening. My wife says she likes it, so whatever, okay? I'm, I may end up doing touch of gray or whatever that is. Touch of whatever, I, what, is, what is that? I haven't done anything yet, but I might start because it's happening all over, okay? And people are like, dang, Brad, you're getting old. I'm like, stop, shut up, okay? Like I'm, you know, I wish I could do something about it. And so I, I, I don't know, I might, but, but at the end of the day, this thing is, is going, to, going to end one day, but your spirit, your soul will go on for eternity, and it's something you have to understand. And I read this article that said, our generation of any other generation in the past has a higher percentage of people who live in a low-grade depression. We, live, we, we stay in a low-grade depression. Yet, we got more technologies and improvements and advancements than any other, to, any other uh, society, any other generation Yet we're the ones walking around in this low-grade depression. And I believe it's because we've never learned how to prepare our souls. There's a, you want to go to another level of faith because the miracle's going to happen because God's going to touch their eyes, but he said it's in accordance with your faith. And so if you want to raise your level of faith, you're going to have to get a, 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 the base layer of faith, and that's, you have to learn how to spiritually prepare yourselves. Heard Max Lucado. Y'all know Max Lucado? Have you ever heard of Max Lucado, the author? In one of his books, he wrote a story about a fish. And he said that the fish was in the water, and there was a guy who thought that the fish would be happier out of the water. So he took the fish, took him out of the water, put him on the beach. And all the fish did was flap his gills and make these funny sucking sounds like, okay? And he was just sitting there doing all this. And he said, man, it, my, the fish doesn't look any happier. So he said, you know what I think, I think he needs? I think that fish needs a beach house because who doesn't want a beach house? Can I get a better amen? Okay, like, like right? And so he puts, him, he puts him in a beach house. He builds a beach house, puts the fish in a beach house, and he realized the fish still isn't happy. He's still flapping its gills like he needs something. And he's like, what does he need? And, and so he said, you know, he needs his money. He wants more money because who doesn't want more money? And so he gives him a wad of cash and he lays it right next to his gills like that's going to make him happy. And the fish is just flapping in his beach house with his wad of cash and he's so upset. He's not happy just, you know. And so then he's like, he needs a, a fish car. That's what he needs. So he buys him a barracuda. Like he buys him a stingray, another, a fish car. That's going to make him happy. And some of you are like, I know what a barracuda is. Some of you are like, what's a barracuda? Okay, like you have no idea. But the fish is not happy. That fish 
will never be happy with anything and everything you could offer him of this world. Because that fish was not made to live on the beach. That fish was made to live in the water. It's the same with us. We're not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. And so we try to satisfy and fill ourselves up with things of this world, with wads of cash, with, with nice rides and nice cars. And what you'll find is there's a soul longing. There's this depression that still happens because you can't find it in that. There's a soul level we're not filling. And I love Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, he has planted eternity in the human heart. My favorite scriptures of all time because I don't know who you are in this place. And I like to think in a church like Creekwood Church, there are people that walk in here that don't know God. I hope we're not all just Christians in here. I hope there's people in here that you've never, you don't know God and you're questioning whether this thing is real. And I'm telling you, there's a God who created you and has a purpose and a plan for your life. And the Bible says that he has placed eternity in the hearts of men, meaning when you were created by an almighty God in your mother's womb, there was a place, there was a, there's a peace in your heart that was placed there and the only thing that can fill it is God. There will be nothing this world can offer that will, will satisfy that. God designed you in such a way that you will never be full until you are spiritually full. And it's so powerful that you understand that. You gotta learn, if you want the base level, layer of faith, you got to learn how to get into the presence of God. You got to learn how to get into the presence of God. So my question to you is, how's your time behind closed doors with God? How's your, how's your time? What are your moments like with God? Not at church, not here worshiping, but behind closed doors with God. How many of you ever heard of UFC? So good, okay? Like UFC, if you don't know what UFC is, a bunch of fighters that try to kill each other. No, literally, they try to kill each other, and if it wasn't for a referee, they would kill each other. And they, they, it, we have a life group where we go to and we watch the, these, these fighters. Now, we don't fight. I've heard people say, y'all go to a UFC, do y'all fight? No, I don't wanna see y'all in their underwear, okay, whatever they wear. But we watch them fight and they beat each other up. But there is, they, they call it, most of the rounds of a UFC fight are three rounds. But when they go into the championship fight, it's actually five rounds. And so the champion will often take the contender knowing that the contender has never been into a five round fight. He will take him past the third round and into the fourth and the fifth rounds. And they call that the deep waters. Take, your, take the guy to the deep waters. I want to see what he does when he's beat up in the fourth and fifth rounds. And it's the championship rounds. And I feel like that's way, what God is trying to communicate to us. He wants to take you into some deep waters in our lives because so many of us are like the fish. We're staring at the water from the beach and we're just flapping our gills going, I'm not satisfied. And God is saying, you need to get into the water. I want to take you into some deep waters waters. Psalms 37, seven says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. You want to know how to hear the voice of God? Because I think it's a question so many people have. How do I hear God's voice? You're going to have to learn 
how to be still and wait for him. I'm going to challenge you as we're going to another level as a church, we're trying to raise our level of faith. I'm going to challenge you to take this week, every day of this week for the next seven days, take five minutes, be still and wait for God. Like be still and wait for God. I don't know what that looks like for you. For, for me, just being honest with you, I go in my backyard, I put on some worship music, I start reading scripture. Sometimes within one minute, one scripture, the Holy Spirit starts to speak to me and I stop reading and I just meditate on what he's saying right there. There are times though that I'll have to read five, six chapters before I feel like I even hear God because I don't know, I don't know if you're like me, I start thinking, ooh, that plant looks really dry and I need to water it. And, oh, gosh, Landon needs to get to school, and he is not awake yet. Okay, like, you know, am I, am I talking? But take five minutes every day this week and say, I'm going to seek you, God. I don't know how to hear your voice. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know what you sound like. Are you have a deep voice? I don't know. I want you to learn how to hear the voice of God. Because I've read and you've read the end of this story, and the miracle will flow. God will pour the, pour the oil, but it will require that you learn how to prepare yourself Physically and spiritually, you're going to have to gather some jars spiritually in your life. Here's the second layer of faith. I think it's so important that we understand is that you have to have a heart of overflow. A heart of overflow. Overflow happens when the water gets so high, the shape can't contain it. And I think it's verse four, it says, pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. Now, I don't know if you saw the miracle they had one small jar of oil. And now it said, all of them are now full. Like the miracle has already happened. But here's where it is. Here's the miracle. The oil only flows when it is poured in your life. It will only flow when it's poured. You can pray over it. You can dream about it. You can cry over it. But at the end of the day, it will stay one small jar of oil until you pour it. If the enemy can't make you think it's too small, he'll do everything he can to make you sure that you don't pour the gift and the call of your life out. He wants you to keep it in. Oh, it's too small. This is the last thing I need to do is pour it out. No, he, I got to keep it in. He says, pour it out. You say, keep it in. He says, pour it out. If you'll learn how to pour it out. And the mistake we make is that we say this, when I get more, that's when I'll pour. But that's not the way it works in the order of God. It's never been the way it works. It's not when I get more, then I'll pour. In the order of God, it becomes more as it's poured. And so it's just like God, and this is the thing about God, to command us to do some things in our lives where we feel like we have such little of. I got nothing here, and you're asking me to pour it out. And so what I found out in my life, I'll give you an example, when I get discouraged, there are times in my life that I get discouraged. Anyone in here ever been discouraged? Okay, 100% of the hands pop up because we all get discouraged from, from times in our life. My natural instinct, your natural instinct, when you get discouraged, is to go inward. It's to, it's to sulk about it. It's to, it's to, it's, I mean, it's just honestly what you do is you get more into the deficit of being discouraged. You stay in the low-grade depression. 
But what the, here's what the Bible says. Here's what God says. If you'll take what little you actually have of encouragement while you're discouraged and begin to pour it out, what I'm saying is while you're discouraged, encourage someone. What you'll find, it acts as a boomerang and it will come right back to you. And so when you're discouraged, begin to encourage someone else. And it, it's amazing how God begins to flow and begins to pour. More, most of us pray more, more, more. And God says, no, that's when you pour, pour, pour. And so we say things like, I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to be in a life group. And I'll tell you, you're never going to have time to serve. You're never going to have time to be in a life group. Some of you, God's asking you to lead a life group, and you've justified it by saying, I don't have time to lead a life group. I don't have the house to lead a life group. I'm not qualified to lead a life group. And that's because the enemy has come in. He can't take your gift, but he has minimized your gift in such a way where you start thinking, my house isn't right, and I'm not gifted enough, and I don't have the time to do this. I'm telling you, you're never going to have the time. You're like, never going to have the time. This is where faith comes in. I don't have the money to give. I'm telling you, if your stance is I don't have the money to give, you'll never have the money to give because it will never pour out in your life. This is a faith thing. This is where I get off incorrectly more and more and more because of all the people in this room, I am a CPA. Now, there may be some other CPAs in this room, but I'm telling you, the way I think analytically will, put, take, equations, will take faith right out of the equation. And I hate that about me because there's times where I'm looking at a situation, I'm going, that doesn't mathematically make sense. And blah, 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 and debits and credits and, you know, assets and liabilities. I mean, I start thinking about all these things and I'm like a big nerd. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't balance and that's not going to work. And, and the Holy Spirit said, no, no, this is a faith thing. The way it works in the order of God is if you'll pour what little you have, then there will be more. And that's, that takes faith. Like I said, you don't just get there. You're going to have to take some layers of, of trust and faith to get there. When the woman poured out the expensive fragrance, fragrance on, on Jesus' feet, the people called it a waste. Jesus called it worship. It's like when I got here in my notes and I was just thinking about this, it was like there's so many people that you think what you have is a waste. You think what you have is not worth it. God said, quit looking at everyone else. It's not a waste. I'm going to use it. But you got to pour it. Like, I'm the one that can use it. I'm the one that can multiply it. Hey, I, I created you on purpose. Quit trying to be someone else. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But he wanted you to know, if you'll pour out what he's given you, he's the one who will multiply it in your life. And so God wants, I believe, God wants Creekwood Church to be a spillway. Y'all want to know what a spillway is? A spillway, if you go to our Future West campus, you'll see two ponds. There's a small pond and a big pond. When the small pond fills up, it, there's, a, there's a concrete spillway that when it fills up, it flows over into the large pond. In other words, it gets so full that it has to flow out. And, and this is what I think God wants Creekwood Church to be. And so if you'll stay... By the way, not just Stephen Nutt, not just our leaders at Creekwood, but what would it look like if the entire church acted as a spillway and if the entire church would say, I'm going to get filled up with the presence of God. I'm going to prepare myself spiritually. I'm going to pour out what little I have. 
whether that's in my, in my time or in my finances, what would it look like if the whole church did that and God used you as a spillway? Because what I found out is that if you will fill yourself up, not only will you be full, but God will use you as a spillway. And every time you overflow in your life, you will benefit other people. I think it's so important that we understand that. And, and I... I uh, I love doing landscaping. Y'all like doing landscaping? Like three of you? Okay, like, like I'm just, I like doing some landscaping. It's therapeutic to me, okay? I talk to my flowers. Like they're, they're just, they're, they need the oxygen, but they, you know what I mean? And they, and they like it when I talk to them and they like it when I water them. Okay, I just found that out in my backyard. They like it when I come out. They go, oh, Brad's out, you know? And that's just what happens in my backyard. <laughs> Pastor Matt shook his head when I said that. Anyway, but that's what I, you can ask my wife. I go out there and it's awesome. But what I found is there's a cool tool that we can use in our in landscaping called drip lines. You ever seen a drip line? A drip line is a, basically a hose full of little a, a hose full of little holes that as long as the hose is attached to the source, you can take that drip line wherever it needs to go, wherever is needed. That plant needs it. That plant, that flower, that plant, they all need it. So as long as it's attached to the hose, it will take, take the water wherever it's needed. Now, it has to be attached to the source, right? It has to be attached to the source. And as long as it's filling up, it can't help but overflow and get to where it's needed. What I love about this story, and this is what, the, this is what God showed me in this story, is this is not about water. It's about oil. Oil represents the presence of God. And so if we act as a drip line and a spillway, and as long as we stay full, as long as you're preparing spiritually and you're pouring out what God has given you, no matter how small it is, and you stay full, you can't help to overflow, and you will be, you will be a carrier of the presence of God. And I love verse 6. It says, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And the oil stopped flowing. Probably of all the verses, this is the one that's been so impactful to me, is that at the end of the day, God's the only one that can do the miracle in my life, but he allows me to determine the capacity. If you want to know how much God can bless you, I want you to know that God, God wants to bless your life tremendously but you determine the capacity. You de this is why we can't ever stop gathering jars. Creekwood Church, we've never arrived. We will never arrive. Getting into our future West Campus, we will never have arrived. We have not arrived because we built a building. We have not arrived because we have four services that are full. We have not arrived. We will never stop gathering jars because when you stop gathering jars, that's when the oil stops flowing. We've never stopped. We always gather the jars. And so this is where I pull this all together. And so there's, there's a layer of faith that's a preparation. There's a layer of faith that's a, that's a heart of overflow. But there's a layer of faith, and it's the third layer of faith that I want to get to personally. I want, as a church, I want us all to get to, and that's, a, that's the layer of faith that's a heart of expectation. It's a heart of expectation. And I've, I'm a nerd, and so I, I like math. How many of you like math? Okay, another six of you. And so uh, we got one going, I like it, okay. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so I created a, an equation. And so if you have a heart of preparation, 
If you put a heart of preparation with a heart of overflow, you will get expectation. This is a layer of faith that I want to get to as a layer of expectation. It's a heart of expectation. And I love the definition of expectation. Expectation is excitement, waiting eagerly for something you know is going to happen. Like, I know something's going to happen. This is the layer of faith that I want us to get to. Like, when I come up here and preach, I promise you I'm prepared. I promise you, you could take my notes and I'll be fine. There's a layer of preparation that's already happened. I've been gathering jars. I'm trying to pour out what little God has given me. There's a layer of preparation. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up and breathe on this message, I'm telling you, we got nothing. It's just a lecturer up here. But when the Holy Spirit, when you combine preparation in your life, listen to me, and you take preparation and you take an overflow, a heart that pours out no matter how little I have, and God will always bring it back to you no matter how much you have. You take that combination. I promise you there's a level of expectation that you can begin to walk into. And it's so important that we, that we understand because then I can say, I know God's going to do something because faith is an expectation. It's an expectation to know that even if the sequence of things doesn't make sense in my life, that God sees the beginning from the end. See, if God is in the A in my life and he is in the Z in my life, then he must be in the LMNOP of my life. Someone said last last night when I said that, she goes, I love your dad jokes. Okay, I'm like... (laughs) But it's true, but it's true that he who began a good work in you will be faithful and just to complete it. That no matter where you are and what you think life looks like, here's what I found out. God has already written, he's already videoed, he's already edited the last scene in my life. What would it look like if you started living your life like you knew that? What would it look like if you started living your life like I have an expectation? You don't walk around with arrogance. You walk around with some confidence knowing that he can do any and all things in your life. It's going to take some preparation. It's going to take some overflow in your life. But when you walk in both of those, there is an expectation to know that he has this in your life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. I haven't seen it. Just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There's a layer. We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. There's there's something that's happening behind closed doors in your life. And I want you to stand with me as as we finish because I I I want us to finish with worship because I don't know a better way to get into the presence of God than with worship. And I I was um, I was at a concert the other day, and um, y'all probably you wouldn't know who this guy is, but I was at this concert and um, there's a lot of people there. It was at the American Airlines Center. His name was John Mayer, and uh, oh y'all know him? Okay, okay. And I was at this concert. And there were so many people that were so excited about seeing John Mayer. And I, like even before the concert, I had, there were all these, for some reason, all these women, they were all just like sitting at the edge of their chair, like 
John Mayer is gonna come out here, you know? And I felt like a little girl. I'm not gonna lie. I was sitting at the edge of my chair going, I can't wait to see John Mayer. And I got us the best seats. Like if John Mayer is right back there, I, ha- I got me and my wife the seats dead center. I got to stare at John Mayer's eyes the whole time. And it was amazing. I'm telling you, my wife loved it. She couldn't quit talking about it. She, and it, I mean, I'm just saying it went well, okay? Like it went well. It was a good job, Brad. It was a really good job. And I had friends that were at the John Mayer concert and I had these really good seats and they, they didn't even have really good seats, but they, all they were more concerned with was they got to see his profile, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so I'm just saying people were excited to see John Mayer. The reason they were excited to see John Mayer is because when John Mayer came out, they know that he's so talented and so good that he's going to bring it. Like he's gonna bring it. And this is what they know about a John Mayer concert. And as people were literally worshiping at a John Mayer concert, I kept thinking, this is John Mayer. This isn't even God. Like what would it look like if we had a church that was waiting at the edge of our seats in expectation of what, what the God of the universe could do? I mean, what would it look like? Because faith, isn't just an expectation, faith is contagious. And, and so let me, quick, let me just tell you a quick story. We're about to worship, we're gonna sing a song called Yes I Will, but I'm telling you, this is so important. This little story about Mary, y'all know Mary. Mary, did you know? Mary, 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 the mother of Jesus. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus, and there's Elizabeth. Elizabeth was about to have a baby named John the Baptist. Y'all remember this story? And Mary's about to have Jesus. She founds out from an angel, she's pregnant, she's expecting. Okay, she's expecting. And do you know, six months earlier, John the Baptist was in the womb of Elizabeth, who was also expecting. But what you'll find out if you read the Bible, that Mary, when she found out from the angel she was expecting, the first thing she did is she traveled to see Elizabeth, her relative. And the Bible says that when Mary gets to Elizabeth, because both were expecting that the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. There was a leaping that happened in her womb. And the Bible says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was something that was so amazing. And I'm telling you, it's because faith is an expectation and faith is contagious. And what would it look like? The reason I come to church is not to fill up. The reason I come to church is to get around other people that are already expecting because we need our faith to rise to a whole nother level. And where we're going as a church, you need your faith to rise on a whole nother level. I don't know where you're at today. It may be way down here, but you need your faith to go to a whole nother place. Jesus said this, do you believe that I'm able to do this? said it's according to your faith so let your faith rise as we sing yes i will yes i will prepare yes i will live in an overflow yes i will live in an expectant heart lord i thank you for today i thank you for every person in this place god i pray that you would perform miracles like you've never seen before there would be a level of expectation god in this place that would rise like you've never seen before and it's in jesus name we pray everyone said Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.